Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, I've managed to get 20 minutes with a legend. A legend of the world of ADHD. Uh, someone who stands above the rest, in my opinion. He's he's authored over 20 books, or co-authored, um, which is remarkable for someone who's dyslexic and ADHD. And, you know, there's a couple of tips in this interview and it's quite a short sharp interview that are just magical so listen through i hope you enjoy it this interview is with edward hallowell of the hallowell centers all across the usa um check him out on tiktok i'm going to put some stuff in the show notes his book adhd 2.0 is amazing um yeah i'm kind of fangirling at the moment but uh let's dive into this interview Fantastic. And welcome to the truth about dyslexia. Now, I am super, super uh, lucky, impressed, um, wowed that I have the amazing Dr. Hallowell all the way from Boston, I believe it is, um, on the podcast today. He is one of the world's leading experts on ADHD. Now, I came across him from a friend, Callum McCurdy, shared his latest book, ADHD 2.0. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. I couldn't put the audio version down. It, it was, you know, Callum said it, it was the book he wished he'd written. And so I had to read, had to listen to it. And, and I've been a fan ever since. So thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me all the way from Boston. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think we can get much further away from each other, New Zealand to Boston. It's I know, pretty, I know. It's, what is it, like 10,000 miles? Or? Oh, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I always remember going to Hawaii, and the distance between Hawaii and Chicago was further than Hawaii to New Zealand. Oh, really? That's amazing. Yeah. That, wow. that always shocked me. Someone I don't know why yeah. someone knew that fact, right? <laughs> How far is New Zealand from Australia? Uh, we're about a two to three hours flight. For about three hours flight and now we can fly with the whole crazy covid world that's yeah. pretty remarkable but you know diving into your story like I, I thank you for being on the podcast one of the things we get so often even though we talk a lot about adult dyslexia is the amount of crossover with adhd um and you'd probably would you see that much in your practice oh in my own life i have them both uh, i have both adhd and dyslexia and among coexisting conditions uh, conditions that come along with the uh, ADHD, dyslexia is the most common. So probably 20% of people or more, depending upon how you define it. Um, see, both conditions are are imprecisely defined. So you get, you know, sort of gray zones in terms of how many people have it. But But I would say one in five people who have ADHD also have dyslexia. But again, how do you define dyslexia? You know, my old teacher, Priscilla Vale, who's now in heaven, used to say, you know, it should be called the dyslexias, plural, because there are many different forms of it. And, and uh, the simple definition I was given as I was learning about it, a dyslexia, it means you're slow to read and spell your native language. And, um, and uh, unless you get the specialized tutoring, it continues for the rest of your life. Now, that doesn't mean you can't read. I majored in English at Harvard College while doing pre-med, so I, obviously I was able to read, but I was a very slow reader, and I still am an extremely slow reader. My wife says, I don't know how you know anything. You know, it takes me so long to read, uh, read a book, but obviously I do know 
quite a bit and I and I get it from reading, but it's just that my way of reading is very different. I sort of osmos books. I, I, I graze through them. I hunt and peck, you know. I, I don't do the traditional read straight through the book from beginning to middle to end. And I think that's fairly typical of us dyslexics. I see that a lot. And that's what we see a lot with the adult dyslexia side is the crossover between ADHD, dyslexia, you know, even high functioning autism. It's mm -hmm. kind of like a, um, we kind of think of it as a cocktail with a bit of vodka, a bit of, you know, a bit of this, bit of that, pineapple juice. Right. Everyone's a slightly different mix. And right, right. some of the, the traits that appear. In, and this is, and you know, it's one of a great question because so many people either come to us with dyslexia but find out ADHD is the more prominent challenge, but they've just mm -hmm. not been diagnosed with it. Mm -hmm. Do you get a lot of, do you see a lot of crossover like that around the people you work with? Well, it, it, it so much depends upon what doctor you go to see. Uh, in the UK, for example, for the longest time, they were what I call ADHD, they were calling dyslexia. Mm. Uh, so it depends upon where you are. But, uh, but yes, in, in, in the people who come to see me, about one in five who have ADHD or even higher than that, two in five also have dyslexia. Wow, because that, that, that's amazing you say that actually, that nugget, because that's what we're finding is the amount of people have different definitions to what dyslexia is, right. to ADHD, right. to high function right. autism, like the amount of misdiagnosis we see here and around the world is remarkable. Right. Um, and how do you, you know, with, with that being said, how do, how do you, how do you judge it if people think they're ADHD in one country, but it's dyslexia in another, you know? I've seen you rename it vast, you know. Being yes, yes, yes. Was that kind of to solve a bit of that? <laughs> well, no, because because a deficit disorder is a complete misnomer. It's just simply is simply inaccurate. We don't have a deficit of attention. We have an abundance of attention. The challenge is to control it. So I rename it variable attention stimulus trait, and. And I'm intentional to call it a trait rather than a disorder, because if you manage it right, it can become more of an asset than a liability. If you don't, it'll be more of a liability than an asset. And so my job is to help people turn it in, help people turn it into an asset. Hmm. You know, and um, uh, they are very different conditions, dyslexia and ADHD. And I think, I think we're always safer if we if we just stick with target symptoms. And because then you, you, you won't disagree. Uh, dyslexia is primarily a reading problem. You have trouble reading uh, your native language. Uh, the thing about reversals may or may not be present. A lot of people, the caricature is dyslexia is you, you, you see things backwards. You may or may not show reversals, but uh, the hallmark of dyslexia is it's a, a reading problem. You're a slow reader and um, uh, the hallmark of ADHD is a problem with sustaining focus when you're not interested. Your mind wanders a great deal, um, and and you're 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 brilliantly intuitive, but if you're not interested, your mind skips over to another topic. That has nothing to do with dyslexia, but it can make reading more difficult. So it can look like a reading problem when it's in fact a focusing problem. Uh, so, but if you if you just stick to target symptoms, you'll be able to parse them out. And then this thing with uh, high functioning autism, um, 
you know, again, the hallmark of, of autism is the inability to make reciprocal relationships, reciprocal social contact. Uh, the, the other person feels, you know, they're, they're not getting warmth from you. They're not getting connection from you. Well, in ADHD, the opposite is true. We, we overconnect. We can be intrusive. We're hugging everyone in sight. You know, quite different from uh, high-functioning autism, and yet they can occur in the same person. So you have three syndromes with very different uh, hallmark uh, symptoms, and yet they can, they can coexist. I think you can resolve a lot of the diagnostic ambiguity, though, if you just stick with name the symptom. If it's a reading problem, call it dyslexia. If it's a if it's a sustaining focus planning organization problem, call it um, ADHD. And if it's a problem in making meaningful reciprocal social relationships, call it high functioning autism. Fantastic. Well, and it's interesting you say that because it's when I started this podcast, it was around a self diagnosis of or not a self diagnosis a diagnosis of dyslexia when I was really young. And I was only later diagnosed at 32 with ADHD. It mm -hmm. was just missed. And so it's been interesting, this journey with this podcast, because um, it started off with a dyslexia challenge, but the realization that ADHD was definitely the accelerant on the fire of the thing that was causing the challenges was a very right. later discovery, right? Right, right. No, and ADHD it can be an accelerant of just about anything. You know, depression, anxiety, uh, mm. problems with reading, problems with, you know, uh, uh, managing moods. So, you know, it, it, until you learn how to manage your ADHD, all everything else is, gets worse. You know, my analogy for ADHD, it's a, you've got a Ferrari for a brain with bicycle brakes. But once you strengthen those brakes, then you can win races. But until you do, you're crashing and spinning out on curves. That's so true. And, you know, that's the, probably the thing we get the most from the ADHD listeners is how do they, you know, majority of them, the, one of the biggest challenges is success with um, jobs and, yeah. and organizations are only just like, I, I feel neurodiversity is going to be the next big um, thing for organizations to look at after all the other. Yes. Yes. I think neurodiversity is a big one. And um, yeah. You know, someone, one of the guys who runs ADHD in New Zealand asked a question and he said, how can organizations get the most out of people with ADHD? Have you had much experience with that or thought? Oh, match the, match the person with the, with the task. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we are, uh, boredom is our kryptonite. So if, if someone is doing something that is not interesting to them, and what's interesting is very subjective, then they won't do well. But if you find, you know, where can you plug them in so their brain lights up, then they'll excel. So it, it's all about a, a, a manager being able to, you know, ha have, an, have an array of different tasks and see the, see which is the one where the ADD person brings light up, the, you know, because because when we're interested, we hyper focus. Mm. When we're not, we our minds wander. So it's it's a, the key to it all is matching the brain with the task. You know, where where can you plug your brain in so that it lights up as opposed to going dark, which it goes dark if you plug them into a task that they're not interested in. Mm, that's so true, and it's kind of as well. 
having certainty of what that task is as well, I think is, has been valuable for me. Like I, I find with ADHD, especially, um, you know, around, around that need, I can do something that would take someone eight hours and two hours time, right? You know, I'm really mm -hmm. quick when I'm interested, but when I'm not- Or you can do something that would take someone else uh, two hours and eight hours time. Yeah. So if, if you're not interested, it'll take you eight hours to do two hours of work. And if you are interested, it'll take you two hours to do eight hours of work. Oh, I probably won't be done for a year knowing me. I'll, uh, <laughs> I can, I've, I've got this giant back burner I put everything on, right? <laughs> um, that's fantastic. And, and how, you know, with the, um, with the organizations, because you do a lot of direct stuff, one of the other questions we get with adult dyslexics is they sometimes get diagnosed with adult dyslexia if they're a more quiet um, reader. And we get a lot of female listeners because we find women are the least likely to be diagnosed. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of adult females are listening to the podcast, but they definitely, they may have been diagnosed with dyslexia at some point, but not ADHD. What's the best way for them to feel themselves out with something like that? You know, is it, for, for someone to get diagnosed with ADHD? Yeah, a lot of them are trying to kind of do that, but before they go to an expert, how can they get a feeling of, is it probable that I'm ADHD? Is there a good way of kind of working it out? Well, not to be self-serving, read one of my Please books. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I mean that that is the cheapest and and the most reliable. I would get uh, delivered from distraction or ADHD 2.0, and um, and uh, read either or both of those books, and you'll get a very good idea. Hmm. And, and honestly, those books have more in them than your average practitioner. Uh, knows, you know, and, and no fault on that practitioner, they they're, they have to master all kinds of different diagnoses. But if you are wondering if you have it, and as you point out, the biggest undiagnosed group are adult women, uh, get get either or both of those books, or go to TikTok, where I've posted 40, 60 second clips on ADHD, and they've had over 5 million views. So they're obviously pretty effective. And uh, I love that. I yeah. loved it. I saw yeah. that and I was like, wow, you're so much more advanced than me. You made me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was cracking up. Yeah, honestly, yeah. watch the tick. If you're listening, watch the TikToks. They are absolutely amazing. And, and you know, Be Self-Serving, ADHD 2.0 is that book that I wish I'd written um, around because it's just so perfectly said. And in the beginning, especially, you put the duality very well. And, and this is the challenge with ADHD and and different definitions of dyslexia is that dichotomy, right? We're kind of a pendulum that swings like this left to right about right. how we see the world. Right, right. And if you, like, I know I've got very limited time with you, but what is, you know, if you were to give, if you were to give someone who's just found out they've got ADHD as an adult, two or three tips that would make them the biggest impact, no, no pressure here, of course, uh, on their life without knowing anything about them. Well, number one, by far the most important is to learn about it, you know, the, the, it, it, because it's not well understood. I can guarantee you, if you think you know everything about it, you don't. But if you read, again, I'm, my books really do a very good job of, of laying it out. And once you understand it in its full complex variety, then you'll be able to draw out the best. And, and so but suggestion number two is to embrace it. Don't run away from it, embrace it, turn it into a superpower. If you run away from it, it'll just bite you in the butt. But if you embrace it, master it, learn how to ride this bucking bronco, 
then you can turn it into a, a racehorse that will win races for you. Uh, and, and I suppose number three is, is to, uh, uh, you know, marry the right person and find the right job. You know, there's probably two bits of advice for everybody, but uh, it makes a big difference. People with ADD often end up with the wrong person. They end up with sort of a caricature of a scolding fifth grade teacher. Um, and, they, and they end up with a job that they, they hate, but they stick with it because they don't think they could get anything better. And, you know, so, so those two things are, you know, become self-fulfilling prophecies. So learn about it, number one, embrace it, number two, and then take that knowledge and, you know, get with the right partner and find the right job. Oh, wow. That's, that's so well said. And, you know, you know, definitely for people reading, reading your books is amazing. And, you know, the, my question is with dyslexia and ADHD, how have you got 20 books that you've written? I've been trying to write a book for the last three years and I can barely get an outline out of my head. <laughs> so what's your secret? <laughs> oh, it's in my genes, you know, and I actually talk about it in 2.0. I, I call it find your right difficult. You know, we all, we like difficult stuff, we 80 years, but it's gotta be the right difficult. And so for me, that's writing. You know, writing is, is difficult, no doubt about it. But for me, it's in my wheelhouse. I, I, I like taking on that challenge. For someone else, it's golf. Uh, for someone else, it's, uh, you know, uh, building businesses. You know, what, whatever it might happen to be, find your right difficult. We need that creative outlet. It really, it really uh, is what leads us to find satisfaction. That's fantastic. And um, yeah, and for anyone who's listening to this, do listen to uh, Dr. Hallowell's podcast as well on distraction. The best ones are with your wife. I love the ones about the kitchen <laughs> counter and the kids all leaving a mess. And oh, they just, I, I'm not going to give that one away because I want people to find <laughs> you and, okay. Okay. and listen. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I know, I know you're probably, everyone's wanting your ear. But uh, is have you got any other final words for our listeners? Well, no, but thank you for welcoming me, welcoming me to New Zealand. And um, I, I, I love the New Zealand temperament and uh, the Kiwis, you know, the, the black rugby team, you know. It's, uh, yeah, the All Blacks are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd say yeah. we're probably the most free of COVID in the world. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah. what's really hilarious about this podcast is I was looking at the audience and 65% of my audience is in the center of America. The central oh my goodness isn't that interesting yeah 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 well we we uh, we love you you know you're you're you represent the best the enthusiasm and the freedom and the vitality oh it's fantastic as i say thank you so much guys and, and um anyway everyone thank check out his check out dr hallowell's work i'll put it in the show notes so everyone can get hold of it thanks so much for having me